Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest CTSS quiz. I have about a dozen cases for you, so let's get started. This patient presents with fatigue, and if you look carefully, you see bilateral adrenal masses in the three centimeter range. This is a non-contrast scan. Could be lipid poor adenomas, could be bilateral pheos. Pheos occur 10% of the time bilateral. Could be METs, probably not an ACC, adrenal cortical carcinoma. They're rarely bilateral and not that small, typically. Um, and there's some, a couple other possibilities. One of them would include hemorrhage. And then as we go forward, we look at non-contrast to arterial, nice enhancing necrotic but very vascular periphery adrenal masses, which you can see a little bit better on this image. Now you say, okay, could be pheos, definitely bilateral pheos, could be METs. What METs go to the adrenal and a vascular? Renal cell, hepatoma, melanoma. It's not the look of adenomas. Then you look at the image on your right, you see there's clipped by the right, by the left kidney rather, there's partial resection of the left kidney. So what's your diagnosis? Your diagnosis is gonna be metastatic renal cell carcinoma to the adrenal glands. Just a very, very nice example. Okay, another case, fatigue, bilateral adrenal masses, they're hypodense, even with contrast, but there's also stranding around them. You could say lipid poor adenomas, but that would not explain stranding. You could say METs as well, if the patient had a history of tumor, could be almost any metastasis can go and uh, that can occur, that's a possibility. But also, I mentioned when you have stranding, you gotta think about infection or bleed. And this is a really good example of a patient who was on Coumadin, perhaps, or other anticoagulant therapy, and that's why they have these oval, large adrenals with haziness around them, and this was bilateral adrenal hemorrhage. So again, very nice two cases, bilateral adrenal masses, think METs, think adenomas, think pheochromocytomas, think hemorrhage. Again, history helps a little bit, but the CT appearance obviously becomes very critical. All right, let's change organs. What about this liver mass? Low density, complex cystic mass with some rim enhancement, eight or nine centimeters. What could this be? Could be hepatoma, cystic cholangiocarcinoma, could be lymphoma theoretically, could be metastasis. In the right scenario, you can be fooled and it could be an abscess. It's a little better shown on the venous phase imaging, the margins, the scalloping, the thickened wall. One lesion, again, hepatoma, Mets are often multiple, but can be single. Could be an abscess with the right history. This was eventually biopsied, and this was a fibrolamella hepatoma. Fibrolamella hepatomas are often very vascular. They're aggressive, younger patients, more common in female. But this was a HCC fibrolamella variant, which with fibrolamella HCC, Patients typically do not have cirrhosis. Remember, when you have a cirrhotic liver with a mass, you're always thinking hepatoma first, but not every hepatoma is in a cirrhotic liver. What about this liver mass? I'm now showing you a very vascular five centimeter mass right lobe of liver periphery, peripherally, and you see that it has a prominent vessel of the hepatic artery going right into the lesion centrally. 
there's not a, a bunch of vessels which you typically think about with hepatoma or other neovascularity. It's a single vessel. It's a little bit twisty, but doesn't have neovascularity. Here it is again on the MIP imaging, very nicely showing you that lesion, showing you the vessel. And then here it is showing you the mass on the uh, arterial phase, and then it's gone on the venous phase. So you say to yourself, what becomes isodense so quickly? Many things can become isodense from hepatomas to hemangiomas to FNH to patagadenomas, but most of them take a long time to become um, isodense, and usually you still see the lesion. Now with hemangiomas, they can become isodense. You can see a central scar or see nothing, but again, hemangiomas have peripheral puddling. They don't disappear in a flash like this thing did. So this is a very nice pattern. Think about it, think about it, for FNH. FNH is a benign, leave-alone lesion, very vascular, can simulate anything from hepatogadenoma to hepatoma to metastasis. Very common when you have MIP to show a feeding vessel right to the center of the lesion. We wrote an article about that way back when, and also Mike Federley wrote an article about that way back when. Okay, what about this case? Looks to me like a big left renal mass. Okay, renal cell, something aggressive. Or maybe this is a retroperitoneal mass involving the kidney, or maybe it's a pancreatic mass, or maybe a gastric mass, or maybe even a colon mass, something involving the kidney. When you look at it a little bit more, again, is this from the kidney, or is the kidney secondarily involved? I have to admit on the sagittal view, it actually makes me think it's kidney because the whole front end of the kidney is involved. So maybe it's a big renal cell, maybe a very aggressive renal cell. But again, could this be something else? Could it be pancreas? Could it be adrenal? Adrenal usually pushes down on the kidney, pancreas, not that whole long extension. What else could be in the retroperitoneum? A mesenteric mass? Well, what are retroperitoneal masses? Sarcomas. What's the most common sarcoma? A liposarcoma. This is a wonderful example of a very unusual appearance of a dedifferentiated liposarcoma directly invading the patient's kidney. What a terrific case. Okay, what about this case? Patient was suspected GI bleed. We see a vascular blush by the pancreas. You say, oh my goodness, there's a site of bleeding. Then you realize this is the pancreas. It's not the bowel. What gives you a very vascular lesion of the pancreas? Could be metastasis, could be renal cell, right? Clear cell goes to pancreas. But the kidneys were fine in this case. The patient had no history of malignancy. The most common hypervascular pancreatic lesion is gonna be a neuroendocrine tumor. And this was a one centimeter low-grade neuroendocrine tumor, which was eventually resected. Just a very, very nice example. Okay, another case. Patient was sent for pancreas conference, suspected pancreatic mass. Well, because I say it like that, it's surely not pancreas and the pancreatic head is pushed forward right there. So what could this be? Well, you gotta say to yourself, vascular masses that are not pancreas, but near the pancreas could be off the duodenum. Maybe it's a gist tumor. Could be a carcinoid tumor. Could be metastasis to the peripancreatic lesion, region, like a clear cell, but also things that are very vascular. You need to think of neuroendocrine tumors. You think about paragangliomas. 
Paragangliomas can occur in this region. They simulate adrenal masses, simulate pancreatic masses, and this was a um, very nice example of a paraganglioma by the perirenal space. Just a really nice case. Okay, what about this patient with weight loss? There's a cystic mass by the tail of the pancreas. On the lowest scans, it has calcification. And I'll show you two more images. It's cystic with solid components and it has calcifications. It doesn't have the look of a cystadenoma. Cirrhosis adenomas can calcify, they're usually centrally. Could this be an IPMN? If it was an IPMN, it would be an IPM with high-grade malignancy. The other thing you need to think about in the body-tail region are mucinous cystic neoplasms, or MCNs. They have solid components. They can calcify centrally or peripherally. You could also think about a spent tumor. They can be cystic and solid with calcification. In a 45 or so year old female, you would be thinking of an MCN, but in this case, peripheral calcification, cystic and solid, this ended up being a spen tumor or solid pseudopapillary tumor of the pancreas. A very unusual case. Spen tumors are usually young females or teenagers, maybe 20s, not someone in their 40s. So from the age and all the other demographics, I would have gone with an MCN Surgery said it was a spin. Great case. What about this case? Now here's another cystic pancreatic lesion picked up incidentally in a patient with back pain. This central dense calcification, the lesion looks cystic and solid. When you look at it with the MIP, you see the vessels are well-defined. And when you go to venous phase, the cystic components are shown better. Central calcification is classic for cirrhosis adenoma, though spens and MCNs can have calcifications there just because statistically anything can have calcification, but centrally you gotta go with cirrhosis adenoma, and the cystic components of the lesion, though not the most perfect, push you to a cirrhosis adenoma, with which this indeed was. Another case, cystic lesion tail of pancreas but there's an enhancing rim to the lesion. Looks very much like the couple cases ago, a cystic lesion in the tail that had calcification and had nodularity. Here we have rim enhancement. What gives you a cystic lesion with rim enhancement? It's not a typical IPMN. It's not even a serous cystadenoma that they could be oligocystic, but then the rim typically doesn't enhance to any degree. When I see a cystic pancreatic lesion with rim enhancement, a cystic neuroendocrine tumor of the pancreas. So with that, I've given you a dozen or so really terrific cases. Hopefully you got the answers right. More than getting the answers right, hopefully you learned something. And hopefully we'll see you back here next month when I come back with another dozen cases for your enjoyment. And with that, guys, have a great day.